You are listening to Here Comes the Sin Podcast, where you'll learn about topics related to career development, improving money management, and wellness. I will cover actionable advice for the everyday hustler. Vamos con todo. If you're ready to pursue your dreams and visions, then you are where you need to be. I will be sharing the most embarrassing moments, difficult times, and strategies on how to overcome your biggest fears. Whether you're just starting college or joining the workforce or have your own business, you have a community here. I am your host, Marisol Ibarra, a first-gen graduate and professional traveler and coffee lover. Here comes the sun with new opportunities to become a better you. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Here Comes the Sun podcast. I am really grateful that you are here and that you want to learn more about ways in which you can overcome imposter syndrome. I think this episode is long overdue um, to all my listeners because imposter syndrome, I think when I was like drafting and, and really coming my podcast to fruition, one of the first topics that I wanted to talk about was imposter syndrome, just because it's it's really, really personal to me, but also I know that a lot of first gens go through it. So when creating this episode, I had imposter syndrome because I wanted to make sure that I provided all the great content and just make sure that I that I covered everything. So I was doing a lot of research. I was doing a lot of things to just not probably record the episode. I don't know, but I was facing imposter syndrome. But I decided, you know what? Like, I am not an expert on this, but whatever I know, I know that it's going to be very, very helpful for whoever is, is listening to this episode. And, you know, also another thing that I thought when I like graduated high, I mean, not high school, when I graduated college, I was gonna like, imposter syndrome was gonna go away. But unfortunately, um, imposter syndrome doesn't go away. In this episode today, you will learn about what is imposter syndrome like if you have never like heard it or never really like you've heard it from other people but you really haven't like really seen like oh does it apply to me so to in today's episode i'm going to be reviewing it and then also providing you with a couple of sentences um to see if like you can relate to it and maybe that's you know the type of imposter you you're you're, you're currently facing and then I will also share a very personal story of the way that um, imposter syndrome has shown up for me, you know, starting since like a very young age, but also today as I am a working, you know, first gen professional. So yeah, so I think that imposter syndrome happens even to the most successful people, the people that you think they're like, oh, they're never gonna face imposter syndrome. Let me tell you that they do. But of course, they, they, they try to work on it and they try to, you know, overcome it by, by every day um, just working on it. And then lastly, on this episode, I will share the five types of which imposter syndrome can show up. 
But most importantly, I think finding out that you have imposter syndrome, but also like, how am I going to overcome it? So I'm really excited for for this episode. And I and I was when I was doing my research on creating this, I found that 70% of people experience imposter syndrome at some point in their career. So I just wanted to put it out there that is 70% of people. That is a lot. So if you are currently experiencing imposter syndrome, I just want to tell you that you are not alone. Uh, what I can say is that if you think that you're alone, trust me, you're not. So we are here in this together. So let's start with, with the basics. So what is imposter syndrome? So imposter syndrome is a psychological phenomenon that reflects the beliefs that you are just inadequate or maybe that you're just incompetent in in doing whatever task is at hand and this is even despite everything like that you have done everything that you have been through and also there's like it shows there's evidence that you have all the skills and necessary to be successful but you just you know have this this belief in you and when somebody has like imposter syndrome they doubt all their accomplishments and everything they have done so for example like you know maybe getting your your associate's degree or maybe your bachelor's degree or or getting a job after college they think that these things happen to them because of luck or or some external factor but not because they are skilled or because you know they're quite successful they believe other other external things and I think one of the biggest fears when somebody is dealing with imposter syndrome is the fact that they can be exposed. They can be exposed as a fraud. And, and what I mean like a fraud is like, like you've done everything. You know, you you've you've done whatever whatever X, Y, and Z, whatever your goals were, whatever, maybe getting your bachelor's degree. But how I said you just thought you were lucky in being able to 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 accomplish that, or if you landed a job or or did good a good project in your job, you know you're you're gonna attribute your success to to somebody else that had like maybe a mentor you had in your in your job because you're gonna say oh I was successful in the project because um X Y and Z X Y and Z person helped me and that's why I was able to to you know succeed in this in this project and also like you it comes from like within like you're not able to internally acknowledge that you are successful or that you are going to succeed and and instead you just you know believe that there's just other 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 factors and i think that as first gens we we experience this we just think that you know, we were successful because of other people, but we never think that it was because of us. But let me tell you, as first gens, we are so resilient. We strive and grow and, and, and learn when 
external things are against us when when institutions are not made for students like us students of color or even if you're a woman like these institutions are not meant for us but yet what are we doing we are succeeding and beating statistics against us and so now that i've gone over like the main basics of what imposter syndrome is i want to share kind of the first time i dealt with imposter syndrome but i didn't know at that time when i was experiencing that i I didn't know i think i knew as i grew older and was in college when i started learning about imposter syndrome and then when i kind of like realized and started educating myself of what imposter syndrome was i felt like this sense of like a relief because whatever i was feeling or whatever i was going through like i was like there is actually like a definition and like people actually feel this way like i'm not alone like it just it was just a sense of like oh my god like i thought i was alone and i didn't want to like share this with somebody else because i was they're gonna probably think that i'm like crazy or that like marisol like that's just you dealing with that and and it was just such a an experience that i remember that time when i was when i learned i was in the library in my school's library in college it was like i think like my second or third week um in 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 college and and i went home and i was just like so amazed and i was like sharing this with like my sister i'm like i'm like sister did you ever like hear about this and then she's like no like my sister she was like i've heard of it but she kind of really didn't know how to explain to me but then like i would just started doing like so much research and then i came into the realization that that it happened to me when when i was in high school i when i was in high school i was involved in everything and what i mean literally everything it was everything and i think it comes because i don't know maybe it's because i'm a daughter of immigrants and i'm a woman of color or I don't know, I don't know what it was, but it was just that I knew that I wanted to be involved in everything because I wanted to make sure that my parents' sacrifices were being valued and they were being valued through me, you know, being involved in school and, and getting straight A's. Like I was like, if I do this, like this is gonna demonstrate to them that I am, you know, the child that they wanted or or, or I don't know if the child that they wanted, but just making sure that that the other sacrifices they have done for us were being valued and also like i just had a, such a great experience in high school teachers believed in me administrators supported me and it was just a great experience i was very involved in like my schools like like leadership positions and and i've always been very involved like i think since like elementary i was like the student treasurer and then like in middle school i was like the like the vice president and then like I ended up saying like my eighth grade culmination speech. So I was just, I've been a leader, I guess, without really knowing. But but in high school, I was just like, I'm going to do everything. I just have the opportunity. I'm going to take all the AP classes. I'm going to be in sports. I'm going to be um, the ASB president in my senior year. I was the liaison between my school and like local city officials. And that's where I kind of got an interest in in working in policy and politics. But that's a story for another time. But so yeah, so I ended up graduating high school, you know, as like the ASB president. 
And I ended up being the number one student in my class. I became the valedictorian. And when they told me, we, we got these letters. And when they told me, I just couldn't believe it. When they told me, I was in my homeroom. And for those that you don't know, a homeroom is like 20 minutes before you start your school day. Like you have breakfast. And like the most people in the, in the homeroom are people kind of in the same grade level as you. Like we're all in the same cohort, you can say. So when we got when I got the letter that I was a number one student in my class, and when I got it, I just like laughed and I was like, this is not for me. Like there's there's a mistake. Like I am not the number one student. I was like in denial. I was like, I am not the smartest student in 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 you know in the school or like in my graduating class. Like that is not true. And then I like I went up to my my homeroom teacher and I was like, this this is like some sort of mistake. I'm like, I don't deserve this. I am not the smartest. I I work hard. I, I get that. I have a great work ethic, but this doesn't belong to me. Like this is not who who should get it. And then and then I I laughed and the teacher's like, no, like that that belongs to you. So then I I just went back to my seat. I remember and then um you know like I had these thoughts. I was like, once like my classmates like find out that I am the valedictorian and that I am the student like well they knew that I was a student, the ASB president, but they're gonna think like that I'm a fraud and that that doesn't belong to me. Like they're gonna think like you know what, like, there should be, like, a, some sort of mistake, like, a calculation mistake from, like, the administrators, so I was, like, you know what, I'm just gonna, like, put it away, and then, like, probably an administrator is gonna come to me and say, like, hey, Marisol, like, there has been a mistake, like, that doesn't, that, that wasn't intended for you, so I was, like, that's gonna end up happening, so I'm just gonna go about my day, so I did, and then, like, for my last, like, U.S. history class, I was, like, my last, you know, class for the day. And then the teacher, like, started the class. And then she said, like, a comment, like, oh, do you all, do you all know, like, who is, like, the number one student who is the valedictorian for this graduating class? And then everybody's, like, no, like, everybody in the class, like, no, we don't know. And then they were, like, oh, it's probably, you know, uh, Marisol because she's always like studying she's always like like I started hearing people like in the crowd and then they were like and then the teacher's like yeah it's Marisol so everybody like congratulate her and that's when I was like I like panicked I was like oh my god like my face got red and my face never gets red <laughs> let me tell you but it was like that moment that I realized like oh shoot like they're gonna think i'm a fraud but then everybody like started clapping and they're like oh my god like you really deserve that like you've worked so hard this like last couple of, of of years like the last four years like you come early you are such like a hard worker like you're always studying um you're just always putting yourself out there and like you really deserve this like and and i was like really like I deserve this like like really that's what people around me think like like I couldn't believe it like I was just you know such in, in denial 
and I shared this story with you all because that wasn't the first time that imposter syndrome really kicked in. Like I just felt like like a fraud. Like they're gonna find out that I didn't deserve that. I that I, I that wasn't for me. So so if you have ever felt that or you have any any story similar to mine, share it with me because I think talking about these stories of how we felt really help us you know be able to talk through through the imposture way we felt you know during that time so now that i've shared a little bit about my first time well the time that i realized that i had imposter syndrome i think i want to kind of now move forward to the five types of 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 imposter the way that that it kind of shows up and i think figuring out which one you are it would allow for you to find a better way in which you can overcome it and so before like i'm gonna explain i'm gonna go over the the imposture the way that imposter syndrome comes like in five different ways but then i'm gonna say like a sentence or two and say not sure if that applies to you so then you know you can ask yourself those questions so the first one is the perfectionist. So what is a perfectionist? A perfectionist, you know, sets really, really high goals for themselves, but extremely high goals. Like, you know, these goals that sometimes are like, are they even achievable? But when they fail, and they are not able to reach that goal they experience um major like self-doubt and worry about measuring up and whether or not these people tend to be very controlling they just want to be able to control everything around them and when they are not able to do so, they start this self-doubt and they start this like, oh, I'm just not good enough. Like I didn't, I said, I set too high expectations, but I failed. And then when, when that shows up, they, they just feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not good enough. So <laughs> I am, I'll be honest, I am kind of a perfectionist when it comes to cleaning or, or yeah, cleaning, cleaning my apartment. I think that I love to control or like be very controlling when it comes to cleaning. Like, you know, me and my partner are like are cleaning the apartment. It, if, it do, if it's not done the way I like it, like I prefer him not to do that right now like just take lead but that's something that i am working on and being able to be satisfied with whatever the way he does it like that should be enough but okay let's see if perfectionist applies to you so you can ask yourself these questions have you ever been accused of being a micromanager Yes, I am sorry, but I had to put put it out there. If you're if you are a micromanager, then you're more likely to be a perfectionist. Um, do you have hard 
a hard time, you know, delegating work to others. Like, it's just like when you, and that goes kind of back to me about the cleaning example, because I don't like telling my partner, oh, do this, because I know that he's not going to do it the way I want it. So then I'm like, oh, I'll just do it myself. And, and then because what's end up happening is that I all feel like frustrated or disappointed by the results. So if this is you, if you have a great time, just like trusting somebody else to do that work, then maybe you are a perfectionist. Or do you feel like your work must be 100% perfect? Or that you have to be 100% of the time working? If this is you, then you or that you can relate to these things and you're like yeah that's me marisol like oh i i am like that you know then for this type of a perfectionist success is rarely satisfying it just you're just never gonna be content with whatever you do because you have like this thought or this belief that you could have have done better or that you could have done X, Y, and Z better and you would have, have succeeded maybe faster or things would have came out much better. And just let me tell you this, this is such an unhealthy and such a not productive way of viewing things. So it's it's really hard, you know, like just never finding content and like always waiting for other things or just like, oh, I would have done this. I would like, like, no, you really needed to, to just accept it and, and be the way it is. So now that I've discussed, you know, the perfectionist, the things that kind of come up. So now the bigger question is, how do I overcome it? Like, if I am a perfectionist, how am I going to, to, to do this? So the first thing that I have for you is that you have to own your achievements. Celebrate your smallest and biggest wins. And I know, and as someone who is constantly doing a lot and, and, and is just trying to grow and, and be a working professional, it can be hard to take time to celebrate, to celebrate the achieve, achievements that you have, you know, that you've done. But let me tell you that being very intentional and celebrating your wins is going to be able to not be such a perfectionist. You, trust me, like even the smallest wins can help you, you know, overcome being the, the perfectionist. The previous episode that I did on routines and how to create a routine that works for you and that it allows you to have such a great mental space. For me, creating routines have have worked out for me. And 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 sometimes like, you know, you overlook those wins. So, you know, creating my routine and sticking to it, I I celebrate my wins and I celebrate my wins by buying myself a boba. I think I've shared this in the past here in, in, in this podcast that I, the way that I like to celebrate is, is buying myself a boba. Or for example, today, like this whole other past week when I was creating my routine and establishing a routine that worked out for me, 
I I was successful. I was able to wake up in time, not have to need to like snooze my alarm. And 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 I wrote those things down. And I was like, if I am able to achieve this, I'm going to buy myself something that I've been wanting. And then for me, that was a candle. So I love candles. I love candles when I'm like showering or when I'm like recording you know, an episode, I like to have a candle, like, it just feels like such a great vibe, it just feels so comfortable, and it makes me feel so good, so I was like, yes, so that's what I did today, I went to go buy myself at TJ Maxx a candle, and yeah, so do whatever, um, celebrate your wins, and if celebrating your win can mean buying yourself something small um, that makes you happy, then I would totally recommend that, that you do it, and I think lastly, I think I just really want to, like, put it make sure that I'm clear enough, is that celebrating your wins is very essential if you want to avoid burnout. Yes, let me repeat this again. It's so essential that you celebrate your wins if you want to avoid burnout. Because as a perfectionist, you are not taking the time. You are just like jumping on to the next project or assignment that you have task in hand. Like you're not celebrating or taking the time or being intentional to celebrate your wins. So what ends up happening is that you're just such in a in a constant like just like oh continue 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 to produce work, and that ends up being burnout and not feeling like enough energy to continue the work and then at the same time you're just never gonna find contentment because you're always just like trying to think of like what's next what's next what's next just try to find contentment and 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 celebrating your wins and I think I, I I didn't want to talk about another thing that shows up maybe as a perfectionist but end up happening if somebody is a perfectionist is that they never start working on a project or or the side hustle or other podcast if that's one of their goals because they are a perfectionist so knowing i think for a perfectionist it's all about starting and knowing that that in the journey of of whatever process you're working on, there's going to be mistakes and being okay with the mistakes and being able to prepare and know that you might fail. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't start. I think when creating or starting something new, the first thing that you need to do is just start start the project start the podcast start the blog and then in the journey you're gonna figure out that you might have to change some things around and that is totally okay you if you didn't start then you probably would have never known that a problem have occurred at that time but you just you knew about the problem because you started so do not let the perfectionism um, stop you from from achieving the goal or whatever you want to do just just start and I think the sooner you realize that no one is perfect or the or that there is no perfect time to start a project it is going to be at a better advantage 
for you. And just having like that mindset, mindset that's saying like, oh, like you might always have like the excuse like, oh, right now is just not a good time because I'm just, you know, working on maybe a new project at work and I don't have like the mentor or the time to start. But let me tell you, there will never be a, a perfect time to start. So just start. So that is a perfectionist. So now let's move on to the second one, which is the superwoman or superman. These people tend to be the overachievers and the workaholics, pretty much. They have a lot of insecurities. And what they do is that they try their best like to cover it, cover them up. If like they have this feeling that if they are not working or always producing or, or just always continuing, then they think that they're just like falling behind and and they just they're always constantly pushing 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 just so that they can measure up and say like yes i'm a i'm a superwoman i can handle all of these things but to be honest that's just kind of a a false cover-up it's just a false cover-up for their insecurities that they have within themselves and what ends up happening is that they work overload and what and what they do is that this overload of just working 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 it it really deteriorates um their own mental health but also kind of the relationships that they have around them because they're always just such in a constant they're just constant overachievers and they're just trying their best and just overworking so these people just what end up happening is that the relationships are not as great. They like harm them. So not sure if this applies to you. Let me see if these if you answer yes to maybe one of these. Do you stay like you know later at work than maybe the rest of your team? Or or maybe right now, maybe you're just not working working from home, you know, maybe you don't, you're not going to see that now. Or maybe, you know, you're, you're even past the point where you're just like at work trying to like organize and trying to see like what's, what's good or like what things you have to work on. You're just, you know, doing this like unnecessary work. Or then um, another question that you can ask yourself is, do you get stressed when you're not working? Or do you find it like having like, some downtime and like completely like not doing anything do you think that is just like a wasteful like time of your day or you know have you felt that like your hobbies or your passions are always like always put to the side like oh like I just don't have time because because I have to work or or something to that extent or do you feel like you haven't like truly earned your title despite you know getting like your master's degree your bachelor's degree maybe a phd you just or whatever other achievements you just feel always like this pressure to always be working harder and and longer because you just want to make sure that like the people around you or your managers around you just you just want to prove to them that like you are enough 
that you have the enough credentials or or whatever it, it is to prove your worth if this is you then this type of imposter syndrome or these like workaholics a superman a superman and super and superwoman you know what they're you are actually addicted to the validation that comes from working and not the work itself this act of always doing something and just trying to be productive is in order for you to feel that you are being productive and that you are working hard it's just the act of always doing something in order for you to have this like this sense of of a feeling that you're like okay I've been working all, all this time and that's why like it makes me feel good that's why it makes me feel productive so now that I've discussed what a superwoman or a superman is let's say that you're that and let's say that you are that overachiever how do I overcome it so to you external validation is very important to you I think hearing your boss say that you did a great job um, is really important to you and, and you need that but I'm so sorry to tell you this but you have to do the opposite of it you have to start training yourself and be in giving yourself that external validation that you get from from your boss from your professors from your parents like i'm sorry but why do you have to wait until somebody else tells you that you're doing a great job no like nobody will ever know you like you're the person that knows yourself the best so why wait why wait until somebody comes and tell you like hey money so like you did such a great job like no don't wait like that's an extra so what you have to do is that you need to congratulate yourself and say like you know what i am a badass in doing this i am so smart i i can't believe i did this i thought i wasn't going to be able to figure out but i am so smart so you have to take this like external validation from others and take it within yourself don't wait because if you i'm so sorry but if you continue to wait for this you're gonna have to wait your whole entire life and life is gonna pass on and and trust me it will never come so please start with in yourself please start recognizing all that hard work all that hard work you know that that time that you showed up to class like yes congratulate yourself say you know what i didn't want to show up to my class but i did so please start recognizing all your work you superwoman and you superman so okay now that i've gone over super superwoman and superman let's go to the natural genius yes the natural geniuses have this like belief or or not a belief they just 
skills just come very easily to them like you know like it's very easy for them to get like straight A's they're just you know people that that are smart you can say that what ends up happening with the natural genius is that when they are not good at something when they try it for the first time they feel very very ashamed of it it just they feel like why does it have to take such a long time to finish such task or whatever skill and then when it doesn't come so naturally to them because you know all their lives they've thought that they were like natural geniuses or like they just like things came so easily to them and when that doesn't happen or it doesn't come naturally they feel like a fraud yes they just feel like oh my god like like i am such a failure like i can't believe i can't get this like you know like they just feel like like how can this even be happening to to me you can say like these types of imposter they set their like their internal bar very very high and it's kind of like perfectionist like natural geniuses and perfectionist kind of go hand in hand and what ends up happening is that they start judging themselves and then it's and they start judging themselves based on these like these expectations that they set themselves to like and then they start judging themselves and say like oh my god i cannot believe that i that i was so unsuccessful on me trying the first time this other person they start comparing themselves like they'll say like oh this other person like oh my god like they figure it out so quick and and i'm still struggling and i still don't get it and it just comes like this like this pattern and <laughs> i'm so sorry to tell you guys but this also is me or i experienced this a lot through college especially when i was taking this statistic class for the first time with statistics 120 like i was always good at math when i was in high school like I, I would get a's and stuff like that but then i got to college to like statistics and i failed yes you heard that i failed my statistics class yes you know that valedictorian from the high school failed her first college course statistics can you believe that it was that that first that first quarter because we were in quarter system at cal poly pomona was so rough for me i i didn't think i belonged there i was just like how can this happen to me i was so smart in high school and i cannot believe that i felt that i didn't get my statistics class that i felt my like i felt myself but i'm also like failing my parents when i felt you know statistics and i was having like this like mental breakdown and 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 it was so sad like i just it just because i had such high expectations for myself but because I was like, oh, because I was so successful in high school, I just like brought that with me to college. But trust me, college is a whole nother animal. Like you literally, 
you know, ask for help, go to office hours. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that as a first gen. And and I didn't take like, you know, EOP or something like that, like in the summer. So it was so hard for me. So and if, if this is you or you have experienced this, I'm telling you, you're not alone. I, it was, it was, it was really tough. So maybe sharing the story, you might be relate, you might relate, but maybe like it might just not relate. So not sure if, you know, the natural genius applies to you. Are you used to excelling without much effort? Do you have a track record of getting straight A's or all the gold stars? <laughs> but like, you know, when you're in elementary and, and kind of in everything that you do, were you told like frequently as a child, like, ay, que inteligente es mi hijo, mi hija, like, mi son bien, 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 bien aplicados. Or like in, in your family. Do you dislike the idea of having a mentor or somebody just like guiding you because you like to handle things on your own? And or maybe when you're faced with the setback, does like your confidence like tumble because you feel ashamed or because you're like how can i how can this setback like stop me or do you often avoid challenges because you're just so uncomfortable with the fact that you might not be great at it if this is you if you're a natural genius well that's how i felt i was i felt when i was in college that i was a natural genius then it's okay to move past this to overcome this you need to see yourself as a work in progress you're not gonna know everything on day one and that is okay you have to know that a lot of things are gonna change and with time and experience you'll learn it but you don't have to know everything on day one. Be able to trust your own journey and know that each day is a work in progress. Rather than like beating yourself up, be specific, identify, because you're not going to be able to succeed or achieve if you don't view things as a work in progress. Like me, like in my statistic class, if I would have, you know, thought about like, you know what, college is a whole different animal, then I would have probably been more kind to myself and been more loving. But because I just was comparing myself and setting these other like very high standards, then it was just really, really hard. And when trusting your journey, there might be a time that you fail and that you don't succeed. But let me tell you, that does not define who you are. And it does not define where you're going to end up being. And there will never be like a one-time job that you're going to do for your for the rest of your life. So please trust your journey and treat every day like a progress. So now that we've done the natural genius, let's go to number four, the 
soliest. Like, what does it mean? It means that they gusta andar solo. <laughs> we have the saying in our family that's like when you're when you're dancing or like when you're dancing about that's like eh eh solo 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 solo. <laughs> And I just and I just and I just remember right now. But a solo is like doing things independently. When you ask for help from other people or or like from mentors, you feel like you are like defeated. Like you are just not good enough. Like you had to ask for help. And or when they accomplish something and you ask for help. You'll be like, oh, that doesn't belong to me. Like, I did this because somebody else helped me. Not sure if this applies to you. You can ask yourself these questions. Do you firmly believe that you need to accomplish everything on your own? On your own, but also, like, if you ask for help, then it's you don't own up to it. Even though you did it, like, you just, you don't own up to it. Or you believe that I don't need anyone's help. Does this sound like you? You're like, no, I got this. You don't want to ask questions and, and this and that. But if this is you, a way to overcome it is that it's okay. It's okay to be independent, but not to the extent where you refuse assistance so that you can just prove that you can do it. Like, no, like, trust me, having mentors and somebody guiding you, you are going to be more successful. And when you have the mentors and the guidance or being able to ask for help, you're going to learn. You're going to learn about their mistakes and what things you cannot, you can do to avoid them. And I know learning to ask for help can be difficult but it's such an important thing that you need to do and especially when entering the workforce you know when maybe you were in college maybe you were successful you like did all this research and and like you maybe you did really really great in college but let me tell you that entering the workforce is a whole nother animal you need to be able to ask for help and get guidance and get clear on on whatever task you're working on because you don't want to be that that person that never asked for help but then made a mistake and that mistake cost the company you know money or 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 whatever so please 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 if you're this if you're like the, the soloist then please ask for help nobody is going to say oh because you ask for help you're no longer smart or you no longer deserve this position. Like, no, no, no. Now people don't think that. Like, please ask for help. And when you're able to ask for help, you're also like at the same time, whoever you're asking, like a manager, you're validating like that, like that they have the enough experience and they're also willing to to help you. And I think that's important when creating relationships in in your job or in school or asking a professor like you're you're building these relationships and you're also learning so now that i've covered the soloist let's do the last one yes finally the last one the expert experts 
wanted it to be well in an, in whatever field. They want to be considered like people go to them because they are an expert. And if, but if they don't feel like they are an expert, then maybe they're not going to like raise their hand to speak up in class. Like they only speak up when they believe they know everything. The expert also, when entering the workforce, won't apply to a job because they believe that they don't meet 100% of all the requirements that the job requires. Or they might, you know, procrastinate starting a project or a side hustle or, or, or a podcast or a business or, or whatever it is. They just, they're like, oh, I'm not an expert yet. That's why I can't start. So not sure if this is you, Does, or you're not sure if this applies to you. Ask yourself these questions. Are you constantly seeking out trainings or certifications because you think you need to improve your skills in order to succeed? Or have you been in a role for, I don't know, an X amount, let's say three years, and you still can't find this feeling, like you still don't know enough? Do you like say, like, do you feel like intimidated when somebody else says, oh, you're an expert in that, like you know so much about that? Have you ever felt like this? And I also kind of wanted to share a study by LinkedIn and found that Women apply to 20% less jobs than men because they feel that they must meet all of the requirements and are less likely to ask for a referral. Men, however, will apply to more jobs for which they only meet 60% of the requirements. So lady, if this is you, if you feel like you need to be an expert to apply for your job, you don't have to. Please, please apply for a job. You are more than capable and you are not a fraud. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So let's say that you are the expert. First things first, apply for that for the job. If this is you, just apply. Like you don't lose anything. You don't have to have all the requirements. Just apply and see where things go. And also, if you believe that there's always like room for, for growth and for learning, yeah, that's true. That's undeniable. But still, apply for that job. You will get the experience with time or also another way that you know that you can overcome this is that you might have a tendency to not start a project because you know you have to know everything but i think striving to have all the all the skills and certificates can i i, I agree they can certainly make you feel make you more competitive in, in in the job market but 
You don't want to take it so far that you're like, oh no, I have to get my PhD on this. Like literally, like you don't need that. Like just go for it. If you are like an expert and you know this is who you are, you might also have a tendency to 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 just continue to want more information, more degrees, more more certification. And let me tell you, this might be a form of procrastination. So that is all the five types of way in which imposter syndrome shows up. So I hope that this has helped you in some sort of way or that you were able to relate to this information. And I think combating, (laughs) yes, combating imposter syndrome is, it's hard. But every day, I think we have to be very intentional and be aware of those thoughts when imposter syndrome comes in. And lastly, I think something that you can do or something that, I, that I've done in the past and since entering the workforce is that every Friday, not every Friday, every two weeks, so like the 15th and the 30th, I set um, 30 minutes of my time on my work calendar to write um, the things um, that I accomplished within like those two weeks. So that allows me to like reflect and see what things I was good at and what maybe what things I, I, I can work on. And then this allows me to when I'm experiencing imposter syndrome at work, um, it allows me to see like, like, no, 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 I was so successful. Like I did X, Y and Z in these projects. So whatever task or whatever imposter syndrome thought is occurring, I'm like, it better go away. So it's a way for me to say, to have like all this evidence, all this proof that that I, that I am successful. And then it also, I think it's also very helpful being able to like track and write everything down because at the time when you're seeking a promotion, you're able to like reflect and see like, oh, you know what? Like in January, I really worked on this and I accomplished this and I, and I like, uh, met with all these clients or I did all these sales whatever it is like you're able to be able to share that with with your employer when when seeking a promotion or maybe you don't want to be no longer in that job maybe when you're like doing your resume looking at that list of all the things that you have accomplished and all the projects that you have done um, it allows you to like write that in your in your resume when maybe you're like revamping or maybe when interviewing you know you can say like oh you know like i've worked on these projects like um in my in my past experience so you're able to like um look and acknowledge all the work that you have done so that was just a little important thing that um, I thought I wanted to share because that's what I am doing right now. So hopefully you're also able to to do it yourself. And lastly, I really appreciate you if you stood to the end. I know this is a pretty long episode, but I am really grateful. And if you have any questions, always feel free to send me a DM. I am always open you know, to hearing stories from you or like, let's say that you want me to cover a topic or something that is going, you know, maybe entering the workforce, maybe you're in college. Like if there's a certain topic, always feel free to reach out to me. I am always open, you know, to helping and and I am really, really grateful for, for your time. 